the current executive board do not like me on that commission. Like, fact. Um, they didn't like that I was appointed in the first place, despite the fact that they approved the Athletes Commission and all the names that were on it. Like, they have to approve it because they're the executive board. Yet they tell me every day how I shouldn't have been appointed and this and that and the other. And it's, yeah. Wait, they've, they've told you that spe- Like, people on the executive board have told you that specifically? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Bar Band Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by barband.com. Today, I'm talking to British weightlifter Sarah Davis, who represents England at the highest levels of international competition. The 2018 Commonwealth Games silver medalist is also the IWF Athlete Commission's chair, a role that sees her advocating for athlete representation within the sport's international governing body. Over the past year, massive shakeups, corruption allegations, and doping scandals have rocked the International Weightlifting Federation. Sarah has been very outspoken about where she feels the IWF must undergo reform a stance that has created tension between her and members of the organization's executive board. In this episode, Sarah joins us to talk about how weightlifting needs to change, her candid experiences as the Athlete Commission Chair, and how she balances her dual role as athlete and advocate. Before we get into that, I want to give a quick shout out to today's episode sponsor, Athletic Greens. I first tried Athletic Greens back in 2012. It was already a massively popular daily supplement, and since then, they've undergone dozens of formulation tweaks, each an improvement on the last. It's the rare all-in-one green supplement that's NSF certified, a must for competitive athletes, and also tastes delicious. I'm probably a bit biased because I love the subtle notes of pineapple and vanilla. Interested in trying it? Visit athleticgreens.com barbent to get a free gift with your purchase. Now let's get into the episode. Sarah, thanks so much for joining us today. I think that to give people context for the work you've been doing, not only as a weightlifter, but off the platform, it's important to talk about uh, kind of what's happened in the last year, year and a half of weightlifting. And last year, the timeline kind of runs together with the pandemic sometimes. Uh, You were named a a member of uh, the first IWF Athletes Commission. And tell us a little bit about that process and the work that uh, you have been doing in that role, if you don't mind yeah so I applied for the athletes commission kind of like the summertime last year and then um just kind of to be on it just full stop and then the email came through to all the applicants who had applied and the way it works is you get a male and female per continent so I was reading through and I was like oh my name's not on the list because for Europe we've got um Jürgen from Germany and then Dora from France and I was like oh I, I didn't make it and then I carried on reading down and I was like and the chair of the commission is Sarah Davis from Great Britain I was like oh like that got real because there's some big name athletes on that commission like you've got Lu Jun on there like you know you've got some some big names and I was kind of like oh I'm like I'm in charge like how did that happen so um that was in September and at the time we still had Ursula Papandrea as interim president like that was part of her project as president to have the athlete voice because obviously as an athlete herself like it was a big thing for her to have that voice heard so um 
yeah, I kind of got thrown in the deep end because the Athletes Commission was created and then all hell broke loose. And, um, you know, they the executive board removed Ursula as president and she was kind of like mentoring me through it, like to, to be in that role and stuff. And then suddenly that was removed and suddenly I was thrown in with the sharks on my own and, and no cage around me to protect me, I guess. Um, but it's been, it's been cool. So the athletes commission like was kind of Ursula's baby, but also the IOC had requested that there was more athlete voice within the organization. Um, the IOC rules are that each um, governing body, international federation, has to have athlete representation on their board. Um, and their rule is actually to have 20% of their board members, to like voting members, to be athletes. Um, we're not at that yet, but that is kind of the goal moving forward. Um, and yeah, it's been a, a busy kind of few months in my first position as chair, to say the least. It's been interesting because you're, you're, you were made as head of this commission, which is very cool to see. And then very shortly thereafter, it seemed like, like you said, all hell broke loose at the IWF. Leadership completely flipped on its head. There was a, a many people uh, called it a coup um, from within. And, you know, you're still in this position, but you've been very outspoken and very critical of, you know, we're recording this in February 2021, of current IWF leadership, uh, the leadership that was involved in, in Ursula's ouster. So is it is it awkward at all being so heavily involved in the IWF and then being so, so critical? I mean, obviously, it's going to be a little bit awkward, but how has... How has your your role changed at all, or your day to day in that activity in that I guess role changed? In some ways, like the whole pandemic has made it a bit easier because everything's been behind a screen, and the, like we all know, there's keyboard warriors on the internet. So I guess I'm a bit of a low key keyboard warrior because I can sit on a Zoom call for the executive board meeting, and there's nothing they can do. Whereas I think with an in person executive board meeting, it might be more difficult, um, and to be in competitions and stuff like that. Um, but it's certainly been interesting like the the initial video that kind of went viral in terms of weightlifting I guess was when you know they removed Ursula and replaced her with Interat from Thailand who were obviously serving a nation ban and it was one of those things like I was like irate about it and I was like you know what I just need to get my words out there and I think I would have done it regardless but obviously the position that I was in made it blow up a lot more than it was because I was chair of the commission and therefore all the kind of attention that came with it and the current executive board do not like me on that commission. Like, fact. Um, they didn't like that I was appointed in the first place, despite the fact that they approved the Athletes Commission and all the names that were on it. Like, they have to approve it because they're the executive board. Yet they tell me every day how I shouldn't have been appointed and this and that and the other. And it's, yeah. Wait, they've, they've told you that, spe- like, people on the executive board have told you that specifically? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's just very... Um... I don't know. I kind of have this image in my head of sports governance being kind of very polite, um, oh, no. but but it doesn't seem like that's the case right now. Not at all, especially in weightlifting. So our executive board is 20 people and only one of them now is female and then myself. So obviously there was Ursula as well. And the way that they speak to female members of the commission is outrageous. Like they are the epitome of like male chauvinists that they don't speak to each other like that. They only speak to women like that. And the way that they speak to me, like if that was a normal like business or organization, you'd have a full human resources thing, a whole disciplinary act going in, but we don't have that set up. We don't have that ability within the organization, but like I've spoken to my friends that work in that kind of department in regular businesses and they're like you'd have a full-scale 
disciplinary investigation, people losing jobs, all sorts of stuff. If that was, but there's there's nowhere to turn for it, which is the frustrating thing. Um, I'm fortunate that the IOC have worked really closely with me, and they've been really supportive and are doing everything they can. And also here in the UK, like our like governance for sport in the UK have been supportive in whatever they can do as well to help me. So I am thankful that I am getting help, but there's nothing with, there's like two people on the executive board that appreciate me being there and that I trust in that executive board. Um, but yeah, I'm I think if it wasn't for the IOC having such a big push on athlete representation, the executive board would have got rid of the whole athletes commission by now. Like they don't want us there. They don't care about like the athletes' opinions or views because they're just going to do what they want to do, um, which is frustrating. And like some of those meetings, like some of those executive board meetings, go on for like eleven hours. Like and in and across, obviously you're working across multiple time zones. Like sometimes I can't attend it for the whole thing. Like it's just not possible. I remember being like dialed into one. It started at like seven p.m. like UK time, and they went on till like three, four in the morning. It got to one o'clock. I was like, "Nah, I'm out. <laughs> like I'm going to bed." Because at the end of the day, like I'm still a current athlete, and that's what I need to remind myself. And it's what my coaches have been saying. Like it's you know what you're doing is important, but also your career is just as important because you know you you only get your chance to do your career now. Um, so the, the role is difficult and it's added a lot of stress, but I'm also aware that I need to take that stress because otherwise we don't have a Paris Olympics. Like that's kind of the reality of it. So it's like, well, yeah, it's taken a lot of my time, but if I don't do this and I don't have a, another Olympic Games to train for. So it's kind of catch 22, I guess. We'll get back to the conversation in just a moment, but first a quick shout out to our episode sponsor, Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is the daily all-in-one supplement with vitamins, minerals, probiotics, adaptogens, and more to help your body perform at the highest level. It mixes easily, tastes delicious, and is a personal favorite way for me to start the day. And yes, I actually am a repeat customer. Visit athleticgreens.com slash barben today to check it out. Now back to the conversation. Well, the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, has has made very clear that weightlifting is in the doghouse, so to speak. They dramatically reduced athlete quotas for the Par- the 2024 Olympics for the Paris Olympics, and you know there are, are some who say that the uh, that weightlifting's inclusion at Paris and even beyond Paris is is tenuous at best. What do you think needs to change in the sport for weightlifting to have a more secure future as an Olympic sport? So we need to see a complete change in the current executive board because the problem is the current executive board were all present for multiple years of Tamas Ayan's reign over weightlifting and all the corruption that went with it. And yes, he's not there anymore, but it's still very much an old boys club and they're all still basically running the same regime. And they think that the IOC can't see that, but the IOC aren't daft. Like they, they can see right through the smoke and mirrors and everything else. So we need the executive board to just go and we need the, the Congress and the Constitution to change as well in line with that so that we just get a complete restart of the whole sport, like literally hit the reset button and just start again with a, and not a new organisation in the sense of like to split from the organisation because I don't think that's what our sport needs. Um, but we just need a complete revamp so that we go in with fresh new people People that are under the age of, heck, under the age of 70, because I don't think most of that executive board are under 70. Like, <laughs> we need people who are willing to move the sport forwards into the 21st century and, like, keep going from there. So it's 
yeah, I don't really know the answer completely, but that's definitely a huge push because um, the IOC are watching closely, like we're fully under the microscope. Um, and that would be a start. And then obviously from there, if you get a new executive board, then the anti-doping rules and all of that kind of stuff and the athlete representation will come with it. But under the new leadership, under the current leadership, we won't, we won't get that. What kind of support has the IOC given you? You said they've been very supportive. Is there any particular department at the IOC that is helping you with resources or being a sounding board for your voice and the other athletes' voice on the Athlete Commission? Yeah, so generally they're a good sounding board. So you've got Kit McConnell, who's, I don't know his official title, but he's like director of sport for the Olympic Committee or something. He's, he's important anyway. That sounds like a big, it sounds like a big title. Yeah, it's something like that. Like, he's important. Um so I've got a direct line to him if I need something. And like, if I want to tell the IOC something, like I can write them like an email or a letter and it go, kind of goes through to them that way. And that, like to have my view and the view of the athletes put forward. And it's almost like a, a safety net. Like I know I can go to the IOC with these issues and it won't affect me or my selection or any of my competitions because like they've kind of got me protected. Um, and I also have a like liaison from the IOC Athletes Commission because they have their own Athletes Commission. So I've got almost like a mentor from there. So I've got um, Danga, who's been on the IOC Athlete Commission. So she kind of helps me and is like that bit of a sounding board, really, because at the end of the day, there's only so much that IOC can do because they don't have, com- they only have rule over the IWF in terms of Olympics, not as a whole. So they can say like if you don't do this then we'll remove you from the olympics but obviously that doesn't affect world championships continental championships all of that kind of stuff so um yeah and they do listen to the athletes so they they want to know what's going on how we feel about it and all that kind of stuff so i am thankful for that um that they are supportive but like i said they can only do so much because if the IWF choose not to listen then that's their doing i guess what are some of the policies of the current IWF executive board that you think are antiquated and that need to be basically thrown out the window? I wouldn't say it's necessarily like policies and stuff, but just the people that there, like I said, they've been there for a long time during all the corruption and stuff. And they still think like, oh yeah, but I know this person at the IOC or I know that person. And they've said like, they can sort us out, which I think has happened previously. Like they've like, we've waited if it's been, threatened to be banned from the Olympics for longer than I've been lifting, I think, by the sounds of it. But they've got away with it before because they've known people or whatever else. And then, so I think that's part of the problem is it's very much a, I know this person, I know that person. They still think that they can give backhanded money deals and all of that kind of stuff and that it will get them around it. Um, There's some of the issues in like, the constitution and the policies around like the anti-doping stuff that they're trying to change. And they want like, they wanted to change the Olympic selection and policies because there's people on that executive board who have a conflict of interest because they're coaches of athletes or they're, you know, well involved in their own national federations that they want to do it for. And it's like nations, for example, that are on like multiple bands and will therefore facing a ban from the Olympics. They wanted to change the Olympic policy so that those bands previous bands didn't count and the Olympic policy started again, like post Corona, like it's just, it's not possible. Um, so a few of the policies and stuff that have been put in place are moving us forwards, but not at the pace we need it to. So like signing the deal with the ITA, the international testing agency and stuff like that. Like it is a positive move, but it's just not enough is the problem. 
What are some of the policies that you think could be um, sped along or that, you know, what, what, is the, what is the pace basically that we need to move at when it comes to things like anti-doping rules, for example? So I think part of the problem with anti-doping rules, obviously it falls under each national federation at a competition. And a lot of these countries have got problems bigger than just weightlifting. Like you look into the whole, the Russian stuff and the Icarus documentary, like it's, they've got national programs. So it's not necessarily the IWF and obviously the, the ITA can only do so much testing and stuff. They've only got so much resources. Um, but, you know, we, they, the whole thing around, they tried to change it so that it went from three anti-doping rule violations to four that triggered a nation ban. And I'm like, but if you're doing your job properly at home, like you shouldn't be getting any bans on an international stage because I mean, I, I can't speak for everybody else, but I know like for me and like, like German and Western Europe, like we get tested before every major competition, like at home, because then you're not going to get a fine and you're not going to run the risk of, you know, a ban or whatever. So our national federation make sure we're tested multiple times at home. So if the national federations were doing that, it could be one international test and your nation gets banned. Do you know what I mean? Like it could be that strict because if you're doing your job properly at home, it shouldn't be a problem. Um, I mean, that obviously is the extreme, but the whole thing of them trying to move it to four, that was completely unnecessary. And it, you know, it could be as tight as two in my opinion, because if you're like, if it's done right at home, then it's done right at home. Um, but the other thing that we need, so currently coming up, we've got the Electoral Congress to appoint the new executive board in March, and then the Constitutional Congress later in the year. And in reality, it needs to be the other way around, because the way it currently stands is you could, but like the executive board could get revoted back in under the current constitution because the rules are there. So like one of the current rules in the constitution is you can be on the executive board as long as you've not served an anti-doping violation yourself in the last 10 years. We shouldn't have anyone on the executive board that served a doping violation of any capacity in their lifetime, in my opinion. Um, you know, and people like if your nation is on a nation ban, you should, lose your spot on the executive board like you should automatically have to step down and I think we need stuff like that going on that will really make these nations who do have national doping programs actually go there's a lot at risk if we do this like if you lose your technical officials at internationals if you lose your executive board plays your place on commissions like then I think they'd be like okay let's actually take check like the punishments need to be harsher it doesn't just need to be a case of having a fine or you know a 12 month ban it needs to be you lose all rights and you can't even step in the room of a weightlifting competition on an international level like if you're from that nation i think that's definitely a way we need to go around it the ordering of the constitutional convention and the uh, and the executive board election that was something that you were very vocal about online, saying no, we need to have the constitutional uh, convention first. Um, tell us about you know a little bit more about why that specifically is and what the constitutional convention actually is, because it's more than just the IWF executive board involved with that. Yeah, so the Constitutional Congress is like when all the rules and regulations and everything that is involved in weightlifting. So that under that under that kind of jurisdiction comes how the executive board is selected. Um, so which is why, like in my opinion, and the IOC have said that the Constitutional Congress needs to come first because then how we elect our executive board and our commissions 
comes under the new one with the new rules that say you can't have done x y and z and this that and the other like and it's a lot stricter and this is how we're going to move forward as a sport whereas the current constitution has allowed all of these loopholes and everything to happen that's all kind of come to light over the last however many years all of those problems have happened under that current constitution so we need a complete revamp of it there needs to be things like athlete representation in there we've got they say that they want the athletes to have a vote on the board, but there's no athletes' voices up there for the like executive board elections because under the current constitution, athletes don't have a vote. Yet one of the IOC things is that athletes need to have a 20% vote on the executive board. So, like, and then they want to change the constitution and whatever else. And I actually said it in the board meeting that they went, the IWF have bent the rules for the last 40 years and you're choosing now to follow the rules to go, but our current constitution says we have to do this and then do that after. I'm like, you've made it work before in your own benefit. For once, do it for the benefit of the sport and bend the rules again because, do you know what I mean? Like the amount of times they've got round stuff, I'm like, you're, you've got round stuff for terrible things before, like money, everything that's gone missing and all of this kind of stuff. Like we need a complete reset and you're, choosing to go oh no but our current rules don't allow for that like and it it's seems the, madness it's not just a little bit of money they've lost before in the ca- in the couch cushions it's it's it's, it's well over 10 million dollars usd <laughs> yeah. um over the course of you know a few decades and it might it might be more because honestly we we kind of that's all we know about yeah that's all we know about i mean the answer is like the, that's the corruption that is that is be kind of beyond a reasonable doubt that that money was misplaced or misappropriated mm-hmm. or taken. He has a Thomas Ian's house. Can so, tell you where that money's gone. <laughs> so if yeah, so if ten million dollars is uh, is what we know is missing, it's almost um, it, it, it begins to reason. It stands to reason that there might be more, or there might have been more going on because uh, Thomas Ion's reign was not just a few years. It was not a presidential term of four years, like a lot of Americans might be used to, or eight years. He was at the top of the IWF governance for four decades. I mean, going back to the 1970s, basically. And that's another thing we need is that we need to have it that, the, you know, to have terms on the end of the executive board. And because most of the executive board men- members have been there for like 20 years and stuff as well. Like we need to have terms and you serve a term and then you can't re- reapply unless it's for like a general secretary or for president. If you've just been an executive board member, we need to have. And that all again comes under the current constitution versus what we need for the new constitution. Um so yeah, and that's the stuff we know about. And then you've got drug tests going missing and like all of that kind of stuff, samples that never got tested, like the list goes on and you think that all of these people that have been involved are still sat there in charge of our sport and that's the problem. I didn't yeah, I didn't even get to I didn't even mention the the drug tests that had gone missing. I didn't I didn't mention the admitted uh and, and largely proven bribes uh at the executive at multiple executive board elections. Like I didn't even get to say that because the the, the figure that just stands out in the my, my mind is how much how much money is missing and weightlifting is not a sport that a lot of people associate as being, you know, uh, neck deep in extra cash. This is not the international popularity of football. This is not the international popularity of gymnastics. It's just it's it's a relatively small niche sport, and so that amount of money, that gargantuan amount of money, um, represents quite a bit of the money that weightlifting brings in at the international level. And then you get into okay, repeated doping violations, cover ups, and the the fairly blatant bribery for board elections like 
actually people exchanging money for votes. Yeah, uh, and they're pushing at the minute as well to have in-person elections again for the executive board so that can happen, so they can sit in the bar and drink together and go and go on, vote for me and this and that when it needs to be done online because real like whether we can even be in person is, you know, looking slim at the minute. So, and these elections have been pushed back twice already. They should have been like late last year. So, because they should have been after Tokyo. Um with its original date. So they've been pushed back again because they, they're pushing for it to be in person so that those things can still go on. And that's what makes it so ridiculous. What is your communication like with the other um, members of the Athletes Commission? Yeah, it's good. I think it's like any Athletes Commission, you get some people who are more like active than others in that kind of stuff. And that's just generally athletes in general when it comes to replying to emails and other bits and pieces. Oh, I know all about um, that from the media <laughs> side. So, <laughs> so it's like... Generally, it's good. I mean, a few of the athletes I already knew on a kind of more personal level anyway from competitions and stuff. Um, so it's good to have that and that support, um, especially like that I pushed hard the other day to um, when the IOC were present at an executive board meeting, I pushed to have the athletes present, like the whole of the athletes commission because it was such an important meeting. Originally, I was told no. So I went around the IWF into the IOC and then got the athletes on on the meeting, which was good. Um, and just to even like, obviously they weren't, we weren't in a room, but to be able to see their faces on the screen of these people that, you know, are friends of mine and are people that I know support me and my cause, like with that in itself, like helped me be even more outspoken in that meeting than maybe I have been previously. Um, the messages I got from some of the athletes afterwards was like, is that what every meeting's like for you? I was like, that was tame because you were all present. And they were like, they speak to you like that. I was like, yes. <laughs> Like, it's just, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, like generally the commission are really like helpful and, you know, speak up. There's some athletes on there who were still scared to speak up because of the effect that that would have on them and their selection with people that are on the executive board and the powers that they have within their continentals or their national kind of federations, which is scary that these people have that kind of power over athletes that they can't have a free voice because they think it'll affect their selection. Um, you know, I've been really fortunate that British Weightlifting have backed me the whole way with it. And like, I've had my ups and downs with my national federation before when it comes to selection and stuff like that and the way they go around things. But I've actually been proud to be a British weightlifting athlete because they have just backed me and they've stuck to their word. And, you know, they've been quite public as well with everything that's going on and how they feel about the executive board. So there's a few nations that have been like that, but there's also a lot of nations who have the executive board involved in their own member federations. So they're kind of stuck to speak out, which is a shame, but I'm, even though they can't speak out, I know they support me. So it's kind of, it's not too bad, I guess. I have to ask uh, how your training is going, because as you mentioned earlier, you're still very much in the prime of your career and that's, you're juggling a lot of different responsibilities in the weightlifting world. But how has training been going for you and, and prep for 2021? Been, well, we're into 2021 now, but you know what I mean. How's that been going? Yeah, it's been kind of mixed. Like having nothing to kind of work towards is difficult. Um, but we had a little mini like online nationals the other day. So we had the English championships, um, but we just did it in the gym and like, I wasn't happy. Like I only got my openers and I just couldn't get myself in that like competition mindset because I was still in the gym. Like, and I'm very much a competition lifter rather than a training lifter. Like my big lifts come in comp with the adrenaline, with the crowd and everything like that. So, um, I've made a lot of good technical changes because the way Olympic qualification works is we had so many competitions back to back that you couldn't really 
take that time to do like volume training or to do the technical work because you just had to be in peak fitness the whole time. Um, so it's been good to do all of that kind of stuff and get, you know, spend that time doing the technical work and everything. And I could see from my lifts at the weekend, even though I wasn't happy with how they went, like in terms of numbers, like the technique is so much more solid than it was like this time last year. So I'm kind of thankful. Um, there's, who knows what's going on with the continental championships in April. Um, the Oceana has just got postponed back to August. So I think that might mean that therefore the continentals don't count for Olympic qualification, but I don't know. Like I, I don't take my word for that. Um, but the Europeans look like they're likely to go ahead. Um, and I think even if they're not a qualification competition, if we can go, like we will get sent just because we need platform time. Like the last time I competed was the Roma world cup. Like, what's that now 13 months ago so it's a long time to be off a platform and you don't want the first time you're back on a platform to be when you're on the olympic platform because that will be whole kinds of nervous um but yeah no training's going well i can't complain um i've stayed fit through lockdown i'm healthy you know that's all you can ask for really making technical changes and hopefully it will all pay off um on the platform and when it matters Awesome. Well, Sarah, thanks so much for joining us and, and talking about issues, uh, all big issues. I was going to say issues big and small, but we didn't talk about it. We had no small questions today. So I appreciate you working with me uh, through all of those. Where's the best place for people to follow along uh, with you on, on social media or any other outlets? Yeah, my big thing is Instagram. So it's at Sarah D underscore GB um, and you'll find me there. Easy enough. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. And uh, looking forward to seeing you hopefully step back on the competition platform before too long. Yes. Thank you for having me.